And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's going on, folks? Episode 89 coming at you from the Fanboy Garage. So glad once again to have you guys with us. Still business as usual on this side of things. Hope you guys are all well, staying healthy, uh, not going crazy <laughs> inside your homes. Um, but And if you're venturing out into the open to go shopping or whatever you're doing it safely. Uh, so yeah, so we're, I mean, we're what week three, um, maybe even longer than that. I'm kind of losing track of, uh, of our like sheltering in place kind of, well, situation. I think it, it varies for everyone, but yeah, depends. Yeah. Right. Like if you were listening to us from Italy, you're, you know, you've been, you've been hunkered down for quite a while. Yeah. Um, which my mom is, is a listener. And she's been in Italy forever. Um, so, yeah. So things continue to uh, to change out there in the entertainment and Hollywood landscape. Um, you know, ho- the Hollywood Reporter broke a whole bunch of stories in the past couple of days. As of today, there were a bunch of uh, new movies that were expected to come out in later 2020 that are being pushed to 2021. Most of them are Sony features. So we'll get into a little bit of that. Uh, we'll talk to you guys a little bit about what we've been watching um because streaming is up uh neil's numbers are just in and streaming is booming so uh lots of cool stuff happening in that sort of on that front because hell streaming is where it's at right um so yeah so we'll get into some some of this uh some of the hollywood related stuff so uh, amc hoping to open reopen theaters because they've been shut down uh for for quite a while i think since uh, early march uh or even like mid-March, hoping to get back to business as usual in mid-June. That's the hope. So we'll see how that pans out. I mean, I think, you know, for for me included, you know, included uh, with a whole bunch of people, you know, go to the movies for a form of escape. And unfortunately, we can't can't do that. Yeah, and the thing is, so for people who say like, well, mid-June, what's going on? Well, the fact is, we don't know, you know, whenever this ends, right, as far as people not being able to leave the house or go out and do stuff. Um it's not like there's just going to be movies there. Like when they, when, you know, people get like, they're going to need to redo some schedules and figure out like what movies are going to be coming out when. And so that, and have a say, listen, we're reopening on, okay, life is back to normal. We're reopening on, you know, June 10th, whatever. And then let studios come to them and decide what the content is going to be. Right. So they need to set a date so that they can make sure they actually get some movies in. Yeah, uh, because so many of them have been pushed. Right. Um, you know, so we've talked at length, you know, from from Bond, which you know I think was the first one. You know, most of most, if not all, of Disney's features, like you know, Black Widow and Mulan, all got pushed. Yeah, F9. and the Fast and Fast and Furious. Yep. Right, right, right. And today, um, we got a bunch of um, new movies, I guess. Uh, from Sony, um, and I'll kind of like read these off. So Peter Rabbit 2, I'm sure everyone on, that's listening was kind of bummed out about get that one getting pushed. I uh, got pushed from April 3rd to August 7th. Uh, we talked last week about The Lovebirds, so I won't talk about that one. Kind of flipping through this real quick. Okay, In the Heights. Um Okay, so this is a Warner Brothers film. It's supposed to be released on June 26th. So if AMC, to Chris's point, if AMC was supposed to open or is allegedly planning on opening uh, 
theaters mid-June. This movie was expected to come out on June 26th. It's been pushed, but not a date. A date has not been set. Right. So um, we talked about Wonder Woman 84 being open or opening in August. So hopefully things kind of shake up on that front. Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm bummed out about this one. Because they, they pushed that and Morbius to next year, right? Uh, they did, yes. Which is so, extreme. Um, and this, yeah, so so we've got uh, July. Uh, both of these films were set for the month of July. Uh, Ghostbusters was July 10th, and Morbius was set for July 31st. Uh, these have both been pushed to uh, March of 2021, so a full year uh, from where we stand today. Um, mere weeks apart from each other, which is very, very odd in my opinion. And I know um, Ron Diesel sent a question uh, to us about that. If that was a smart move uh, from Sony, I don't, you know, I, I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't think, I think Ghostbusters might be vying for more of that friendly, friendly audience. Uh, Morbius, I don't know what the rating is on that yet. I'm going to guess it could be a rated R film, just given the success of Venom. Uh, in that department, so we'll we'll see how that shakes out. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that is that is kind of a weird thing to do. But at the end of the day, they need to make money. So are they cannibalizing themselves potentially? Uh, yeah. I mean, the I the just... thought is that it's going to be rated R movies. But you know, the other part is too. Like, is it just possible that they? You know, the thing is, like, so these are. Especially for Sony, these are going to be big films for them, right? And they don't have, too, the, yeah. yeah, they don't have the the margin for error that like a Disney has, right? You know, like Disney can eat it. So for them, like every one of these potentially big movies for them needs to count. So yeah. I could see where, you know, from a marketing perspective, you don't want to have to like have life just come back, and then all of a sudden, like we have like. A, a couple of weeks to start marketing this film. Right. If, you know, not even, especially not knowing um, what the <clears throat> landscape is going to be like around the world and not, you know, even into the summer and not knowing, you know, I, I think it's a better move from a marketing perspective. Push it to next year. I think it's March of next year, right? For Morbius. Yeah, yeah, both, both of them. Yeah, for, bo- for both movies. So, um, yeah, it's probably a good idea. You know, just give yourself time to market. Now, they're releasing two movies in one month. Like two weeks apart. Two weeks, yeah. So that's not the best marketing concept either. No. But and I just I gotta you know, I gotta think about and I don't know this because obviously we're in the middle of twenty twenty and we have I mean, right now it's a it's a game of dart with your eyes closed because you're stacking your movies. And you don't know where the competition is landing, right? Because everyone's right. in the same game. Everyone's in the same yeah. boat. Like they got to do, they got to like figure out where they're going to put their films. And so I wonder if one of those dates is going to shift at some point once they figure out where some of the other players have gone. I think Morbius would be the one to move. Um, but we'll see. Because the thing I, is, you I, also I don't want to move it so far off into the like you don't want to push it back more to where like it becomes irrelevant too i think that's one right, thing you got to worry yeah, about. i think the other thing though too is i mean 
so we know that there's we know that the MCU is kicking off right again right we know that there's another Spider-Man movie kicking off do you move it so they have to be careful because they also are supposed to be filming and I don't even know what the production date of their start date of this was supposed to be if not already was Venom 2 right. um so they need to be careful about where they plot that film well, because you know essentially Venom 2 could be a normal, you know, yeah. have a normal release. And another way to look at it too is though that with movies now having to push back their productions or halt their productions, yes. movies yes. that potentially would have been coming out in March, April, May of next year probably will not be able to. Right. So it, now it, it, you know, it's kind of smart on Sony's part to say, hey, you know what? Why waste these movies now in this chaotic time when? Studios are going to start releasing stuff to make up for lost time, and we're not going to have a lot of time to promote and market our films. Right. When we can own March of next year, and theaters are probably going to be begging for big, big, you know, budget, big mm-hmm. brand name product because a lot of productions have been stalled. So, yep. you know, yep. movies are going to have to be pushed back. Even movies that had release dates next year are going to have to be pushed back, most likely. Uh, Uncharted is a great example of that. Yeah. Uncharted was supposed to have the, that March 21st date. So, uh, oh, I'm sorry, March 5th date. So, essentially, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife took the Uncharted yeah. uh, film slot. Yeah. And Uncharted got bumped uh, from March of 2021 to October of 2021. Sure. Movie was set to hit production to start production next week. Right. So that's that's a great example of that. And the Batman was supposed to come out when in April. Yes. Twenty twenty. That's not going to happen, probably. Yeah, right? that's totally not going to happen. Yeah. That's going to be a that's going to be a summer film. Yeah. So now you know now you're looking at okay, so you know they could probably own March, and even though the two movies are coming out back to back, sort of, you know there might be some legs there because there might not be a lot of other stuff coming out. Yeah. For a couple of yeah. months. Uh, meanwhile, some other films that were in production, um, like The Matrix uh, 4 and, and obviously The Batman, um, have all halted production. So who, who knows what, when right. and where. So I don't think, I don't think the Matrix 4 had a release. It may have. I don't even know. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't remember um, when that was if, – if it even had a release date yet. But, uh, but that movie's on, on hold at the moment. And, and that you – know, and then the thing is that these halts – of production are causing ripple effects in the industry because, you know, when they're shooting in in some locations, right? For example, uh, I think the Matrix Four was expected to shoot somewhere in Germany, and they were using an independent uh, uh, studio to do some of the production, and so they've halted that. And that means that this this particular bit of business does not have any money because, you know, the they're not going to pay. I mean, Warner Brothers is essentially saying we're not paying because. You know, whatever, and so now these businesses are are floundering um, because they're, they're, there's no income, there's no money coming in, and so they're essentially t- they're taking Warner Brothers to court. I read this earlier today as well. So, you know, these independent studios who are taking you know big time studios to court um, because they're not being paid, um, and there was a whole you know obviously there are a whole bunch of tax incentives and write offs and things like that that come with having productions in these locations, and so. You know, they've already kind of recouped some of that, the studios that is. Meanwhile, there's no work. So right. there's huge implications um, for this on Hollywood. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll continue to keep you guys posted if you're in, into this inside baseball stuff. If you're not. Well, too bad. <laughs> well, it's the only thing we to need, talk about we need right shit now. To talk about. <laughs> yeah, we certainly can't talk about movies in theaters. So no, we 
not. Yeah. It would be so. nice if we could talk about more movies on streaming services, but, you know, that hasn't rolled out as big and as quickly as I, you know, was hoping it might have. Uh, yeah, you know, so so we talked last week about Onward, which is like my daughter's question of the day every every day uh, because it's like front and center on Apple TV. Daddy, daddy, I want to see that. I want to see that. I'm like, I'm not paying $20 for that movie. Nah, That's the spirit. It's gonna be it's gonna be on Disney Plus in a minute. So yeah. just get this breathe for a second. Uh, Does she understand she that breaking... logic when you tell her that? <laughs> what is that? Does she understand that logic when you tell her that? Listen, no, it's gonna she, be on I Disney just, Plus in a minute. So I just say no. Here, find something else to watch. Oh, um, okay. And she's fallen in love with Up, which breaks my heart. Oh every God, time I know watches. Up is. How does she get through the beginning of that? She has no concept. She's oh, like man. the first. So, First, we uh, and sorry, guys, because you know this is what we've been reduced to. I'm sharing some personal stories of my three-year-old. Um, she first thought that uh, the the older lady, the the woman uh, that dies, uh, Mrs. Fredrickson, mm-hmm. uh, was a boy. So she didn't understand. She's like, oh, got really? it. She thought because she's a tomboy, so she's like, oh, that that's that's a boy. What happened to the other boy? No, honey, that that's a girl. Uh, she grew up, and then um, we watched it again. And then she's, oh, oh, daddy, she has a pink bow. That's she's a girl. I told you. So uh, that was our second time around. And then she's like, where'd she go? And now I have to explain <laughs> uh, the concept of death. Um, yeah, which, which is which is great. And meanwhile, I'm sobbing through the first twenty minutes. Disaster. Of yeah. Every time. Yep, it's a great yeah. movie, but it's a, that it beginning is, is, is rough. Really, it is a really good good movie. Yeah. Uh, so, and she wants to watch it like every day. Oh god. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> it's better than better than Beauty and the Beast, which was her former. The live action or the the no, hand drawn? Like uh, the animated version. Yeah. Um, loves. I think we talked about this last episode. She loves Gaston. So. Yes, that's right. She has interesting taste and. Yeah, she does. Yeah. 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 So, so anyways, um, so streaming, uh, no surprise here is on the up. Of course. Uh, uh, Nielsen, um, ratings have come in and, uh, king of the pack at the moment is Netflix. Um, which is sort of surprising, but, but not because they've had a couple of, uh, Newly released uh, bits of content like Spencer Confidential, which is a Wahlberg production and thing, a miniseries or whatever they've got going on. And then they've got the, quite an awesome train wreck of a show called uh, The Tiger King. Oh, God, I've already heard enough bit. about that. And, <laughs> and then Ozark dropped on Friday, uh, yeah. last Friday, which uh, which I love. I love Ozark. Jason Bateman's a, a master. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I mean, I've been I've been kind of all over the place. Watch, obviously, watching Disney Plus and lots of stuff on Netflix. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. You could tell people's like they're shifting and they're doing a lot of um, streaming. People that I talk to, I don't usually talk to about TV very often, but um, the two things that everybody's talking about, like, are the Tiger King thing and um, the Dark Side of the Ring um season two which yeah. debuted with the chris benoit story two part <clears throat> a lot of people because they know i'm a wrestling fan a lot of people have been talking to me about that and they've gone back and watched like all the old shows so uh, you know the and now that's on a network technically so it's vice but vice put it up for free on their youtube page 
on their YouTube uh, channel. And mm-hmm. of course, with like streaming and on demand, like most people just aren't watching it like on Vice. So you could tell that like the shows that people are talking to me about are streaming shows. So I feel like like network TV has really dropped the ball here. Like there was an opportunity uh, with no sports and with, um, you know, people kind of focused on the TV. And I know people are focused a lot on the, you know, the news, but like they really could have you know, come to the table with like marathons of stuff with like maybe go commercial free or limited commercials and try to draw in, like take advantage of the fact that people are home and are going to be watching TV. And -hmm. instead they've just completely conceded to the streaming services. And I think really have handed them a major victory because you you have people now that are home more than they they have ever been home. No. Oh, what was that? Sorry. (laughs) You have people who, uh, everything all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you got people who have never, uh, never really been home this much, and yep. the fact that they're turning to streaming services because, like, during the day, especially on a weekday, there's nothing on. Yeah, I feel like the network should have adjusted to that. Well, the the, the funny thing is, um, I do watch some network TV shows, and they're still on there, you know, because all of these uh, shows, for the most part, or are in the can. Right. Yes. And so they're they're following their seasonality, and by this time, uh, they start to they start to kind of fade off. You know, like I watch This Is Us, which my God, <laughs> if there's any show that makes me cry, every single episode, uh, yeah, that's the one. Um, they they wrapped up their season. It's fascinating. Uh, you know, last week we we dug into your. Um... Your love of sourdough bread and street <laughs> beefs, and now we're getting on talking about the sensitive side of Aaron Verola, how much yeah, he cries yeah, during the, the week, the gushy, gushy watching part. television. Yeah, so uh, you know these seasons are wrapping up, and yeah, I just think as the the closer we get into the spring, well, I mean we're we're there, but the more we get into the springtime season, the less uh, of like regular TV there will be, and so. Naturally, the streaming networks or streaming services rather are, you know, playing it smart. They got yeah. a lot of a lot of good stuff out there. I'm just surprised though that like a network, you know, like say like FX, right? That they didn't just take a shot and say, hey, you know what? Nothing. People, you know, usually aren't watching TV during weekdays. Let's put on like marathons of like some of our shows and let people binge them. Yeah. And like, you know, just to, you know, maybe somebody's flipping through the channels and they stick to it. And, and then, you know, now we have a new viewer, like things like that. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like if they wanted to, they could have gotten creative and, and, you know, not everybody would have to turn to uh, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. But I do think it's good for Netflix because yeah, Netflix they, they was, kind of... yeah, they were having trouble and yeah. they still are. But like you didn't hear anybody talking about Netflix for a while. And now I'm hearing a lot of people talking about Netflix again because um, it still is that brand name that a lot of people know. And people that are home now that wouldn't normally be home as much, I think they're turning to Netflix now because they know what it is. They they know the name. And they're discovering a lot of stuff on it. And, I mean, to be honest with you, people love – they love shit about other people. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. love these docu-series. Oh, love people. I know so many people that like that's pretty much all they watch. Yeah, and it's and, and it, because I mean, you basically poking fun at some somebody else says that's what Netflix does, right? Like they shape their docu-series uh around the stories of these people and it's almost like poking fun at them. Um Right. And it's a very it's a very deliberate way of of kind of shooting these things and using particular bits of footage. I mean, I, I've been I'm not even gonna lie, the Tiger King. I'm like five episodes deep into this thing. It's a it's a shit show. It is an absolute shit show show of on humanity. It's actually actually quite heartbreaking to see um, the this exotic uh, animal industry, like for what it is. But the characters involved. And I say characters because. Like it's like crazy cat lady versus and I shit you not. This is this is what this guy is. He's like the Tiger King. He's like a, a homosexual redneck. Like that's what this guy does. You know what I mean? And it's you know it's it's a fight and they do some really crazy things to each other. And you know um, I just like watching train wrecks. I guess it's quite funny. And I think there was a requirement that um, the less uh, teeth you have in your mouth, the more airtime you get because there's a lot of toothless people um, in this show. So, uh, yeah, that's something else. Interesting. It's a a cult. You know, it's a murder mystery, a cult. Again, a gun-toting homosexual uh, who smokes meth and has runs a zoo. Like, what? I couldn't make that up. That's what that is. Yeah, it sounds, I'm sure I'm interesting you and sounds hard. wanting to watch it. Yeah, no, I'm glad I avoided <laughs> that for at all yeah. costs, and I will continue to. That's not my. I am not much into quote unquote reality TV, yeah. especially full reality TV. I find that even worse. Um, I can't. I just yeah, like I, I know how stupid people are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, well, yeah, it's just like, I'm just, that just doesn't interest me. It never has, rare, it rarely has. I shouldn't say it never has, it rarely has. Um, yeah. I, I just, yeah, I, I find, like, scripted reality worse than both scripted, like, telefantasy and reality reality. Oh, like Kardashian. It's like the worst of both yeah. things. Like this, this is not that. Okay. Um, no, this is not that at all. This no, I didn't. Scripted. I don't think it's like the cadet. But I mean, you're painting a picture for me that. Yeah, it doesn't no, scream. No, I must watch that. this. Yeah, um, it doesn't seem informative or um, entertaining. I mean, it's, maybe it's, it's entertaining those, in a weird way. Maybe. Yeah, know. it's 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 one of those things where, you know, uh, I was watching the first episode and I was like, "This okay? This isn't like too bad." Did did you? Uh, before I continue, did you ever watch Making a Murderer? No. You didn't watch that? Okay. No. So this is kind of like Making a Murderer, just like amped up. Because <laughs> uh, they got a lot of footage of this dude, like for real. Because apparently this guy, Joe Exotic, yeah, that's his name, um, film like was already doing video capture. Like he was had his own reality TV show <clears throat> that he was filming on his own. And so they're using a lot of footage from that and um he's just it's just and then like i said there's a murder mystery murder mystery there because this woman who's like all about saving big cats was like attacking him and then there's like 
questions about whether or not she killed her husband and fed him to her tigers. It's nuts, dude. It is nuts. And I'm just like, these people exist in the world. Like, I don't, I could have the worst day in my life and I can't even come close to how bad these people are. Mm. It's awesome. Great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for all of those folks that are, uh, uh, watching uh, Tiger King, you're in good company with me. Uh, but then, but then Ozark dropped, and Ozark is great. I don't know if you ever caught Ozark. No, um, I know a lot of people that watch it though. It's a good show. That's a it's a, it's a gem of a show actually. Um, you Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we've talked about this before. <sighs> Chris, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm very very selective with my television. I get you. Yeah, I get you. Uh, Another good show called Better Call Saul, which is awesome. Um, yeah, but I won't watch that if I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, I wonder if you could do that. Start with Better Call Saul. Probably not, um, because I think some of the excitement in watching Better Call Saul is watch is the evolution of. Somebody who started off sort of normal turn into this kind of character person, right. and that's kind of where we are. I think this is the, the series finale, um, the season, season, the final season, rather. Um, and it's full on Saul Goodman, so it's pretty, pretty good. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so what else are you watching? You watch anything else? No. So like I said last last episode, I mean, I'm still very much finding myself drawn to like older stuff. Um, I just, and you know, I'm just been keeping with that, like, um, and random stuff, <laughs> like things that don't, you know, like, so for instance, um, I'm watching a lot of older movies and like old, old, old movies. Um, like black and white old movies. Yeah. Like I got like on an Abbott and Costello kick this past week. I love weekend. Abbott and Costello. Man. Yeah. Like I just got in the mood cause I, I have, most of those movies and I just got in the mood to watch I mean I'm always in the mood to watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein but I also got in the mood to see Abbott and Costello um, meet the killer Boris Karloff yeah, yeah, yeah I hadn't seen that in a while and I have it so I just got in like that kind of a mood and then um, yeah I've just been watching a lot of like oh I I got through Star Trek Picard finally I, I wound up really enjoying that like that started off rocky yeah. But it got it actually developed into a pretty good Star Trek show, okay. um, so I definitely recommend that for Star Trek fans if you haven't had a chance to check it, that. You out. know what's kind of funny? So conversation around Picard was like hot when the first maybe episode or two dropped, and then yeah. it trailed off. Well, there. yeah, because it the first episode was good as like a first episode, and it ended off yeah. on an interesting note. So it was definitely you know going to get talk going. Then it it struggled for a few episodes to kind of Ooh. find its footing. And I feel like it finally found its way like midway through and, and finished fairly strong. Was it like – was it uh, reestablishing too much in the first couple of episodes? No, it, it – not even. I, I just feel like it um, – I just feel like the narrative wasn't particularly strong. Like I, I don't think it was focused. I think that – and it wasn't exactly – like I, I wasn't sure exactly what the show was supposed to be, so it, it took a little bit of time for me to like to 
for me to kind of, for them to settle into what it eventually became, I guess is what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, but, um, it, it winds up, it did wind up being a fairly strong show. So, um, yeah, so I enjoyed that. And then, um, yeah, I've just been watching a lot of like old television, older movies, um, mm-hmm. and nothing. I'm trying to think of like, I, I haven't really watched a lot of like current stuff, um, except for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I finished The Expanse last season. Cool. That still continues to be a great show. Um, so, you know, if you're a sci-fi fan and you haven't checked that out, check it out. It's because it's it, it's now an Amazon Prime show. It it started out on Sci-Fi, and then right. for this season it moved to Amazon Prime. Um, so it, Amazon has all the goes back to the first season now, obviously. So you could check that out. That's a really good show. Um. Yeah, so I've just been doing a lot of that. And I got on a kick because I saw this um, article about uh, that comic book series that's coming out that's going to continue like the Batman the Animated Series. Oh, really? It's like a digital comic. I think it comes out this this coming week mm. um, that like Paul Dini and Alan Burnett wrote. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's it's like Batman the, I don't know, something like the legend continues or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to, it's gonna so that got me in the mood to watch a lot of that. <laughs> So cool. I watched a whole bunch of my favorite Batman the Animated Series shows mm-hmm. um, the last few days. Um, like I, I, I love that show. Batman the Animated Series, it's one of my favorite yeah, TV I, I shows love, of all I time. Love, I love that show. Um, when, I was, when I was a kid, I was growing up, and it was like 90, was it 92, right? Yes, started in 92. Yeah, I, I remember watching the first, uh, the first episode, man. I, I remember coming home and waiting for that thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's great. I mean, did, I... Did, wait, did it have... If I remember correctly, did it have a, like an 8 p.m.? Nah, I may have even, I don't even remember. But I feel like it was like later in the evening and then it went to the afternoon. It like, did. It debuted four, like on a Sunday p.m. night. Yeah, it like did, Like a right? special, yeah. And then it went and settled into like its regular time slot. Like 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. or something like that? Dude, oh yeah. my God. The fact that I remember that. Yes. <sighs> yeah, it's a, so I watch, I, I have some standards that I always watch like when I get in that kick. Um, I always watch on Leather Wings. Which is the first one with Man Bat. That's the first episode. Um, Not the first, you know, and that's um, the first production episode. And that's just great. And then I always watch Beware the Grey Ghost, which... That's a great one. Oh, that's one of my favorite television episodes ever. No, it's a one part, but that's where Adam West plays Simon Trent, who's, you know, plays a TV, a fictional hero within that universe called The Grey Ghost, which is a show that, like, young Bruce grew up watching. Right. It's like The Shadow, kind of. And then he, uh, that's a great one. Um, I watch, yeah, I mean, I go back and forth. I like um, The uh, Feet of Clay, which is the Clayface origin. That's a two-parter. That is, like, my favorite one. That's a great, uh, Two-Face, Two-Face Part 1 and 2, which is, like, some good stuff yeah that's like the episode where like you start to see just how serious like that show is going to be because it's like a real psychological drama those two Mm -hmm. episodes and of course like there's heart of ice which is the reinvented mr freeze for the the modern version that we know and love now where you know Mm -hmm. it gave him the whole backstory with his wife and everything Mm -hmm. comes from that then there's some fun episodes like uh um you know there's the joker a couple you know great joker episodes um Joker's Millions, which is kind of wacky, and Joker's Favor, which is one that I like, and um, mm-hmm. I like. Uh, there's some good ones, even from when it became like the new Batman Adventures. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's that. there's good stuff there, and of course there's the Legend of the Dark Knight one, which is where they do the um, they, they it's like the kids telling their versions I, of Batman, I love where they do like too, the Dark yeah. Knight Returns, and they do like the old like Dick Sprang like style. Like each each story has a different like art. I gotta rewatch. Voiceover. I gotta rewatch those, man. Yeah, it's great stuff. So anyway, so I got on a kick of that, and uh, yeah, so that's basically been my. Um, it's basically been my viewing. Right. Um, and so, uh, did you, so I know you, um, Ron Diesel did ask us another question. Mm-hmm. So he said, he's sure we read the articles about Snyder, Zack Snyder's commentary of, of uh, the BVS Ultimate Edition online. What's our overall opinion of the commentary and what does it do for us for the Snyder cut? Does it make us excited or a little bit concerned about his cut of Justice League? Go ahead. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I did. Um, I listened to a little bit of the commentary. I did not sit there and listen to all three hours of of him actually doing it. I listened to parts of it, and then I read most of like transcripts and whatnot of um, the main themes and the things that he addressed. Uh you know, I. So here's the thing. I mean, everyone who's listening to this, I'm sure, knows that Aaron and I are not fans of this movie, and we've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, but and the reasons why. So for me, like, and I guess this is a a compliment, I guess, in a way, because at no point in any of the viewings that I've had of that movie did I ever question what Zack Snyder's intentions were. And what I like and did and I I always knew it was clear where he was going with it. It was clear what his themes were. It was always clear watching it, like what his inspirations were and where where I you know, where he was coming from from the characters. That was never my issue with the movie. My issue with the movie is I didn't agree with a lot of it. <laughs> I didn't right. agree with a lot of his takes. So you know, <clears throat> so he really didn't do anything in the commentary except confirm a lot of the things I had already either known or felt just from watching it on my own. Um, you know, clearly, you know, he talked a lot about like his, his religious imagery and his focus on gods, which was a big theme, which again is not something that I've ever been interested in when it comes to like superhero stuff. I'm not into the whole like gods walking among us stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I like it because it, it, to me, it start treating superheroes like they're natural disasters. And I prefer to treat them like they're human beings that are, you know, I, I like to look at the uplifting element of superheroes. So sure. It's just sure. me. Call me crazy. Um, and uh, so like that, you know, he talks about stuff like that. And, you know, he talks about um, how. He makes a point at one point where he's talking about like how he's very big on he wanted to ha- he wants superheroes to have consequences to their actions and like he 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 makes a comment of like he almost viewed Superman like as if like he was like Ozymandias in Watchmen which I think mm. is just that's just so that's wrong wrong yeah but whatever that's what he went for um and I, uh, you know, he talks about how, so he wanted the whole movie to be, ba- a lot of the movie to be based around like the fact that there should have been consequences for all the destruction in Man of Steel. Uh, you know, again, this is all stuff that I, I figured, you know, because it's like there was such a backlash 
to oh yeah yeah, yeah. The, you know the the kind of the quote unquote senseless destruction at, in the third act of Man of Steel that I think he just felt pressured to kind of make a movie that reacted to that criticism. Right. Now he doesn't say that in the commentary necessarily. Well, I mean, but, most of the plot is is yeah that. yeah yeah. So that's a yeah. big thing. So clearly, like that wasn't anything really new. Um, I feel like if he didn't have the senseless destruction at the end of Man of Steel, he wouldn't have to worry about all of that. You could have had Superman feel consequences within the concept context of Man of Steel if you wanted, but you know, overall. I mean, you know, I, I feel like he had a clear vision and he knew exactly where he was going. Like when you listen to the stuff, he talks about how like there was a tease in there for what was going to be Martian Manhunter and things for Darkseid and where he was right. going with it and how that nightmare sequence was going to be addressed in a future film. You right. know, where So like he had this big grand plan and, and I feel like it was almost too grand a plan. Because I mean, but this isn't this isn't new, right? Like, no, none of this is new. Everyone knew that he had like a, a allegedly a five a five film yeah vision yeah right yeah uh, and so yeah that makes total sense yeah and, and we also know that David Ayer's original vision for Suicide Squad had Steppenwolf um, kind of closing the show. Um, which right. would have, which would have obviously led to led to Justice League, part one of Justice League. Um, so great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so basically, I guess to answer Ron's question is, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't change anything for me as far as the Snyder cut. I mean, I, you know, had this commentary come out maybe like with the film, you know, I would think it would have been more interesting to listen to it but um it, it really just didn't break any new ground for me i mean it's we've heard so much about this movie mm-hmm. and we've heard him talk so much about this movie and read so much about it and and again and i think this is a compliment that a lot of his themes did come across in the film uh it's just i wasn't in love with them but I, they were clear so like yeah. for me hearing him confirm things that i already kind of figured out like wasn't really newsworthy for me um you know the one thing we talk about you know and even when he talking about like lex luther um you know his goals for that and how he you know he wanted him, him to be able to kind of be a contrast between both you know superman and, and clark and bruce and batman and it's just like to me lex luther was the biggest my biggest problem with the film mm. um Batman wasn't my problem with the film because I, I liked Batman in the movie. Wonder Woman right. obviously wasn't a problem with the film. I liked her in the movie. Right. Even the as much as I didn't necessarily love the portrayal of Superman, I at least understood where sure. he was coming from with it. And I think sure. eventually there were some interesting places that they could have gone with that. But the Lex Luthor thing to me was just such a complete miss that that's what really hurt that movie for me more than anything. Um, mm. I, I just didn't like that character at all. I didn't like the portrayal of it. I didn't like where he was going with it, where he was coming from with it. You know, I know that he, you know, he has this idea, and he actually addresses in the in the commentary about how why he threw in that line that Perry White says about like it's not 1938 anymore or whatever. Mm-hmm. 1939. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I wanted them because I wanted that to be a symbol of like how you know this isn't this is a different world now. It's modern times, you know, and like, but, and it's like, well, I figured that's why he threw that in the movie. 
and I that's why I hated that line. <laughs> Because I yeah, almost felt like that purpose. was like saying, hey, guys, you know, you guys, you guys who want like your classic, like, well, this isn't it. This is a new time now and everything's got to be jaded and angry and dark. Oh, so so I guess I guess Nathan Nathan was right. This is the Luke Skywalker throwing the lightsaber over the shoulder moment. What is <laughs> saying stuff like that? Because it's literally snapping the expectations of the of the viewer, not to say that. I think the interesting thing. Well, not necessarily. Is, I mean, I think if if, yeah. if Superman had actually said, "Well, you know, it's not," then maybe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but he says he used Perry White as a like a uh, to kind of be that middle ground between like the past and the future or whatever. And he had like a reason for why he chose you know Perry White as the the person to deliver the line. But you know, either way, I mean, look it, it, again. You know, just to answer Ron's question, my opinions on that film are what they are, and this commentary didn't change any of that. Um, it just, you know, it was like listening to somebody confirm a lot of the things that you, you know, already didn't like about it or, or already knew about it. Um, so it doesn't make me any less interested or any more interested for the Snyder Cut. Um, I don't think anything that he talked about in this was new. I don't think anything he talked about as far as his visions and where he was going with it are new. I think we mm-hmm. know. Um, I, I do think that it was an interesting story. If, if it had played out, you know, over whatever the five movies or whatever, um, I do think it could have been an interesting, like, five-movie story, standalone story. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's the problem. You know, when you... Nothing is guaranteed, Right. So when you mm-hmm. make a movie that is so where there's things in it that are going to be connected to something that hasn't come yet, you better make sure that that's going to come mm-hmm. or else now what? Because now you have these wacky things that happen, like these nightmare sequences in BVS that never got a payoff. And, you know, forget about why and how and what Justice League was and what it could be. Let's forget all of that for a second. The fact of the matter is he threw things in a movie, okay, without a hundred percent guarantee that were that were only going to make sense in another film. Right. That wasn't right. even written yet or wasn't even in production yet, in theory, right? right? So to me that's a misstep because your movie can be part of a giant shared universe. But the the narrative shouldn't be completely dependent on that giant shared universe in the sense that I you should be able to watch BVS and everything in it should be able to make sense as a standalone film while you're connecting all of these dots, you know? Right. So right, now right, you right. have things in BVS that happen that are never going to pay off because we never got that full narrative. You know, so that whole that whole nightmare sequence with the and then the Flash talking it's, to him. I mean, it's it's point. It's completely pointless. It's it's, it's pointless for a couple. Of, yeah. Well, to, to your point, but here's the thing. So that scene, right? That nightmare scene and the Flash's um, presence in that scene sets up the idea that ultimately Superman becomes the villain. All right, Superman is the villain. But at the end of BVS, he's killed. Right? So that threat is essentially gone. You're 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 you've already forgotten about the Flash or now you're really questioning like what the hell was what what? 
You just yeah. dropped a riddle in the middle of this movie. Yeah. And and and, and but and the and the character you were referencing is dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I know people are like, oh, you know, resurrected, but like, essentially, you would have thought, okay, like if you're really thinking about it, that that intervention and the change in Bruce and Batman towards the end would have sort of shifted that concept. Um, at least that's the way I took it. Cause I was like, Oh, Oh, you know, he's, you know, Lois is the key, blah, 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 blah. And you got the whole nightmare thing. I'm like, Holy shit. They're laying out the injustice idea, the video game stuff, which I thought was, was interesting. Um, and then he dies. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's over. Right. I so, I mean, he says here, he goes, the scene was going, um, uh, there was going to be a scene in a later film in which we would have seen Bruce Wayne and Cyborg, Cyborg, deliver, Cyborg, deli- Cyborg, Cyborg, <laughs> and Cyborg uh, deliberating on what point to send the flashback, right, so that he could prevent Lois's death. So he reveals that it's Lois Lane's death that leaves Superman open to being infected by Darkseid's anti-life equation and the incident that would have led to the the nightmare future the Justice League would have attempted to avoid. So, like, a lot of that, some of that stuff sounds really cool. Yeah. And probably would have been cool had we gotten to see it. But again, since we didn't, and, you know, he didn't know when he was making this movie that he was never going to get to his Justice League. I, I understand that part. But, like, again, one of my other big issues with BVS was just the fact that it, it was too much of a, a setup for something to come. And you never know whether that mm-hmm. thing is going to arrive. So, to me... It it just would have been better to not have those types of moments that were going to directly connect to movies that you are never guaranteed or else and for them to not make sense. So you could still do things like that that will tease something down the road, but mm-hmm. have it make sense within the context of the film that you're watching. Rather right, than like, look like, like a, leaving a, a, a drug... Joker card at the end of uh, right, or or even something a little bit more specific, like you could have a sequence like that, but 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 then do something in the movie to I don't know, it just it just to lock it into place to right? lock like, it in place, yeah. Like Superman doesn't necessarily die, but there's something that you see that kind of keeps that idea alive and you're like, shit, yeah. I got to tune into the next film. Like, what the hell is going on here? Right. So even if you forget about what happened after that film where like, you know, Wonder Woman kind of retcons certain things about it and then, you know, the Aquaman that we see in Justice in the Justice League we got and in his own movie is different from the one that we saw in BVS. And, like those types of things, forget yeah. that for a second. Um, but just in the context of that movie, uh, it doesn't work now. So, you know, I, and I don't think that, so if we ever do get the Snyder Cut of Justice League, it's, I don't know that it's going to fully address a lot of these things. Because we don't, don't know what. I don't what, think it is either. Right. Because it wasn't, there seems to be like there was still a lot more story left to tell. Yeah. So, so that's the thing, right? So Justice League, I mean, people, I, I don't know how many, I don't know if people remember this or whatever, but. Justice League was going to be a two-parter yes. when, it was and when it was being written. So because yep. it got picked up, they started they started working on it right after BBS was finished. Yeah, and they right. announced it as Justice League Part One and Part Two. Part Put one and goes up and, and, and somewhere yeah. in production, I remember this vividly. Uh, 
because I'm a PR person and he pulled in. They did an early, a very, very early set visit for certain reporters. And it was essentially because he was he had to respond to the poor reaction from audiences related to BBS. And it was like talking people off a ledge. This is gonna be this is gonna be great films, blah, 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 right? I th- I think if I remember correctly, it was still a part one and part two, and then all of a sudden that shifted. This is part one. Now da- David Ayer's film somewhere along the lines got got altered, right? Because he also had issues right. with studio interference. Yep. So the studio was pulling strings behind the scenes and redirecting Snyder's film before it even got up and off the ground in its in his entire vision, right? So right. while yes, there is a Snyder cut, it's not the full vision of his right. five arc film. Right. And that's what I think he, he talks about. But and you know, so here's where I stand on this right now. I'm at the point now where I don't I would not have wanted at least I don't think unless things got a lot better I don't know that I would have wanted to have seen that universe be come the prevalent DC universe in film because mm-hmm. I had too many issues with it but I do think that I would have kind of liked to have seen in a just in a vacuum to have seen um the Zack Snyder 5 film five story arc just as mm-hmm. a standalone thing that probably could have been really cool um as a like a just a new take and a different take on some of these characters like I don't know that I would have wanted to have seen that you know all of that like regularly but I and the way they had mapped it out with like a cyborg film sure. and but I I think I kind of would have been interested in seeing like a five film arc from beginning to end so from like Man of Steel to whatever the final film would have been that does show that stuff like he's talking about with dark side and all of that stuff and this kind of big grand dark as a standalone that different from anything else we've ever seen before um i think i would have liked to have seen it at least once um yeah and unfortunately i don't think we're going to even if we ever get a snyder cut of justice league we're still not going to get that because there was still like i said more story to tell clearly Right, it's gonna. It, it. I mean, everyone might lay their eyes on the Snyder Cup, but it's going to feel incomplete regardless because the overarching narrative is incomplete. So, yeah, like his vision for that narrative is incomplete. Like yes. I agree with you. I think, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. I, I, and you know, we've said it, and you said it before we started this conversation. But like, uh, you know, I left. I left the theater unfulfilled. Um, and very like kind of scratching my head, like, is this, is this the direction that we need to go? Because at that point, um, you know, the MCU was a thing and it's like everyone, you know, Warner brothers was going to be the studio that gave you something not MCU. Right. And so I'm like, is this what we're getting? Is this how they're going to do this with, you know, extremely dark, characters i mean that's the, that was my problem was that you've got two very dark characters where's the light where's the you know where's the the hope there's there is none you know what i mean and so what what characters can i connect with here i i'm, I'm struggling with yeah it. so and, and you know he talks a lot about like his motivations for superman and stuff like that so the thing is like he very much views 
it's clear he viewed Superman as an alien. That was right. his take on Superman. That Superman is an alien, and he he treated him as such, and he used the and a god at the same time. Right. So you know he didn't, and so he keeps talking about how like you know the Martha moment like humanized um, Clark in Bruce's eyes and stuff like that, and that was a turning point, things like that, and and he he talks a lot about having to like humanize the character and all this stuff, and it's just like but, you know if you if you chose to take. The perspective that. that the character is an alien and that he's a god walking among us, you didn't really want him to be human at it, any point. I, although in Man of Steel, though, that's, that's the, the see, crazy the part. Is, it, that comment completely negates yes. moments in Man of Steel yes. that I absolutely adore. Absolutely. Me too. That's where I was just going to go with it. Like, yeah. he, he talks about Superman in BVS in a lot of ways as if, like, the beginning of Man of Steel never happened. Like, the the idea that, like... And that was, I guess, my biggest issue with... And I like Man of Steel a lot. But my biggest yeah. issue with it was where it leaves off and where we are with Superman when we begin in Batman when we BVS. Up, yeah, yeah. Because the, the journey that he goes through in Man of Steel, I mean, it's very human. You know, he's yeah. picked on as a kid and, and, and his mm-hmm. watches his father's sacrifice, you know, to die and like all that stuff, which is really great stuff. And mm-hmm. it's very human. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, why now? And, and he's been here. So I get it. He hasn't been on earth as Superman. Right. But it's like, why? That was the whole point, though, is that like, why do we need to treat the guy in the costume as if he's a completely different entity from the the guy who's been living on this earth for however many years it was at that point. Right. Yeah. They should be I mean, one and the I same. Mean, the, dude, the dude goes to church in right in in Man of Steel looking for answers. Yes. You, you know, like yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. Right. Frankly, um, I just think it was a lot of. You know, he he was trying to go with a. Uh, the Batman to be the star. Man. He was trying to go with a like a first contact story with Man of Steel, but again, the only problem is that it's he he's already been on Earth for a while, just right. not as Superman and showing off powers. Right. But that's okay. It was an interesting take, and it worked in Man of Steel to a point. But it's like then. I just feel like all the whole, like, oh, well, we have to humanize it, we have to do this, he can't be too, blah, 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 he's got to be a god. It's like, where did all of that come from? Because not a lot of that exists, right? I mean, there is a, there yeah. is, in Man of Steel, you do have that, like, well, we're not sure if we trust him stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I was never fully on board with. But then when we get to BVS, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, he shows those sequences where people are like in love with him or whatever, but like it never really worked for me. They're not really in love with him. They're worshiping, worshiping him. him. Yeah. Which is just to me that, that just that just unsettling and, and, to me. I'm and then and that's the thing. I mean, that's the symbolism of the, the God thing, right? Yes. Like because a lot of, a lot of the imagery, the visuals, when he comes down with the exploded rocket, he looks like Olympus. Right. right. He so, mentions that in, um, yeah. in the commentary. Yeah. Um, and, and during day of the dead, he's being worshiped as, as a, essentially a God and a savior. Yes. And even in that light where, even in that scene where he's standing in the sun 
while people are reaching out, say, save me, you know, like from the floods, it's a very Christ-like image. I mean, all of those things, like, dude, yeah, you beat it over the head. Like, we get it. it we gotcha. Um, and it's, it's inherently part of Superman anyways. It's the classic Moses story. You know, it's not that Moses was a god, but there are those religious undertones. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's the old, um, the idea that Superman's origin is Moses' yeah, origin. Yeah. To- it is, totally. Yeah. Um, but he addresses so, that a lot. So he says here, beginning with the Day of the Dead sequence, Superman is viewed through the lens of religious iconography. I didn't see any of this either. The more he saves people, the more miraculous things he does, the more these religious connotations are placed upon him. Religious imagery is in our collective psyche from Christ to Atlas. And it was this artwork that inspired the Superman rescue montage. He says later that while the film is not exclusively Christian in its imagery or messaging, he is attracted to the Campbellian quality of all of it, referring to famed comparative mythology professor Joseph Campbell. Uh, The nature of Superman's godhood, Snyder says, the lines could get blurred for normal humans. This guy floating in the sky, how do you not rely on him to solve all the world's problems? But that's not what he wants. He's just a kid from Kansas trying to do the right thing. And then he also also talks about the reason why um, Batman makes a kryptonite spear, which seems fairly unnecessary, was because it resembled the, you know, the... The, sp- the spear that pierced Christ. Pierced Christ, uh, yeah. Yeah. So he was very obsessed with all of that. Um, yeah. And felt that he needed to bring that stuff to a superhero film. Unnecessary. Yeah. Opinion. I agree. I mean, it makes for so. I mean, there's some great imagery. You know, yeah, you get some 100%. really great shots. But, yeah, some of that was kind of overdone and didn't really stay consistent, I think, no. with the characters. If you follow the arc from the beginning of Man of Steel on. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting kind of like, you know, I guess, so I guess he didn't have a, cause I never, I don't really do this as frequently as I used to, but I don't really listen to director commentary anymore. Mm-hmm. That used to be a big thing. Um, initially when like DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. It was out. more of I, a DVD Blu-ray thing. Yeah. I would do it all the time. Um, I don't really do it as much. Uh, and so I'm guessing he didn't have a commentary for the ultimate. No, uh, he didn't. Yeah. Which is also surprising to me. Um, just given the circumstances of the film and its placement in cinema and the critique it received and all of that. Um, so it's, that that's interesting to me. Uh, and the fact that he's doing it, I know it was like the three year anniversary of, uh, of BVS, and so I can't. I also can't believe we're talking about it still. It's um, four years, right? <laughs> huh? Is it four years or three years? Is it four four years? Maybe yeah. I don't know. Four, three, three, four. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe what? Two thousand sixteen. So two thousand six. Yeah. So four years. So four years. Um. Yeah. So we're still having this conversation. Fine. Uh, does it add any value? No. Does it, does it continue to add any legitimacy or, or increased interest, at least from my, on my part on the Snyder cut? Not, not, not really. Uh, cause I'm, I'm at the point now with the Snyder cut, it's like shit or get off the pot. Right. And we can talk about it ad, ad nauseum. And I think the, 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 my biggest disappointment in Zack Snyder 
because I respect him immensely as a filmmaker is his continued effort of stoking flames for a particular group of people. And that those are the, you know, the folks that think everyone's a non-believer and all that stuff. And the Snyder cut, the zaddies out there. And so he does a great job at like playing to the crowd, to that crowd in particular. And so it's kind of, to me, it's, you know, dude, just, just, if you're going to do it, man, finance it yourself, do it. Go ahead. Go for it. I'd love to see it. I'd watch it. I'd pay money to see it. Do it. But come on. Let, let, let's stop, like, you know, playing, playing bullshit and well, play the politics. I, yeah, I guess. And plus, I think just for me at this point, it's still an incomplete story. Even even still. It might even I mean, be more incomplete if you think about it. The Donner cut is incomplete. No, I don't mean incomplete in the sense of like, so the Donner cut was incomplete in that it, the movie itself, to fit the narrative, the original narrative, you needed to piece things in, but it still has a, a story, right? Sure. If you watch it by itself. When I say incomplete story, I mean like, he was never going to get us to the point in his Justice League where he ultimately there was still more of his story to tell that five movie story or yeah. whatever yeah so it's it's gonna feel even more even more incomplete yeah, than I, say I yes, would think so he finished that yeah. through because there would have been more easter eggs or right. little things that were supposed to lead to something else and so yeah while it would have been more true to his vision uh, oh obviously and fit his narrative that he was building um, than what we got in Justice League, um, it still wasn't going to fi- it still wasn't going to be the finished story. It still wasn't going yeah. to complete the story, and it it still would have left you hanging, I think, and probably wanting yeah. more. So maybe th- I guess going back to Ron's question, that's probably what has changed for me now. Is maybe now I'm starting to realize that, you know, while I still don't think anything there's anything wrong with releasing the Snyder cut. I I just think that I if anything I I. I would think that it's probably still going to just be more of an incomplete story yeah. um, for something that we're never going to get more of. Right. You know, because so that's that the point, thing. It's a, done, it's a done deal. Yeah. It's not like it's, they're going to, it's not like, you know, even if the Snyder cut, let's say, I don't, let's say they released it and it just, people bought it and it was a huge success, whatever that means. It's not going to do anything. Right. They're not going to go back and redo it. Yeah, Yeah, they're not going to go back and say, hey, you know what? Forget about Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 and forget all of that. We're just going to go back to the original vision and let you finish. That's never going to happen. So we're never going to get the epic dark side stuff, right? That we probably would have ultimately gotten. No, 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 no. no. You're not going to, you may get, you may get the death of, of Lois Lane at the end of it, but other than that, maybe, yeah, you don't get, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I agree with you. And as we as you say this, I'm like, so then what's the what's the point just to see it? Is that it? Is that the point just to go, hey, okay, Zach, yep, saw what you were gonna do, but you can't really like <laughs> we're still left hanging, and there's no and to that and to that end. Yeah, the studio would have an issue. I mean, I would imagine the studio would have an issue saying like, well, well then what's the point of all of this? Well, I Other think, than to make a couple of million yeah. dollars and make people happy. But at the end of it, what is the point? Yeah, and I mean, and look, I'm somebody that's defended the Snyder Cut stuff and said, hey, because, you know, I, as someone who likes 
film and stuff, I, I'm like, yeah, I love watching that type of stuff. Let's see what it was supposed to look like. But for I think the the people who actually believe that the Snyder cut of Justice League is going to be like, oh, Zach's gonna got his chance to complete his vision. No. Yeah. It'll be his it'll be his completed vision of that Justice League movie, but I don't think it was going to be his complete vision for for where that for whole story the, yeah, was yeah. headed. No, and that, you know what? It's fun. that has been my point about this from from Jump is that especially after I heard about the five the five film arc thing, it's like this is this is a he, he was building a house essentially and he got the foundation and he got a wall up and while he was putting up the second wall, someone else came in and did it a different way. And it's like, yeah, that house ain't going anywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, you can redo that wall, but you're not going to be able to finish that house. So that's it. You know, it's like a done deal. Might as well just knock the whole shit down. And that's exactly what that's exactly what Warner Brothers did. Like, right. We're done with that. We're going to start our own house over here. Yeah. So that'll be my final statement on this is that while I Are we actually gonna stop talking about it? <laughs> well, I, I had stopped talking about it, but now this happened you know. and hey, thanks a lot, Ron. A, this happened during a pandemic when there's not much else to talk about. So um yeah. I guess why not? Um yeah. but no, I so now I'm pretty much thinking to the point where it's like, yeah, it would have been nice to have seen that standalone five a standalone five story arc that he either directed or curated, right? Yeah. In some cases. Um, that told that story, a different story than we've ever seen on film. Sure. From getting middle and end. That would have been cool. We didn't get that. So um, now it's just like, all right. And I still stand by the idea that I don't know that I would have wanted that universe to exist very long. Right. And maybe it wouldn't have. You know, maybe we would have just gotten that five-story arc and then you would have started to see characters split off and branch off and kind of take their own directions anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it would have been a cool... I think there was enough there for to get a really interesting, fun arc. We didn't get mm -hmm. it. We're never going to get it. So there's no sense in really talking much yeah. more about it. And... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much that. So now we, I would say we'd look ahead, but hopefully we can start actually talking about <laughs> yeah. some of these other movies. Uh, we look ahead to August. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that is where we will end things for this episode. We'll do some plugs. And we'll get the hell out of your face. Sure. So, of course, thefanboygarage.com. That's where you go. You can check out our episodes. You can check out our merch store. Um, and, of course, you can join the conversation um, on the social medias, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Instagram at the Fanboy Garage. Um, sometimes you could find me on Twitter at RealCLMighty. And you can find me on Twitter at AARonSpeaks, A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. As always, we appreciate you listening to the show. We had some folks leave some reviews. Uh, so thank you so much for that support. And um, we'll be looking out for more of them. So appreciate it. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Thanks for listening.